0: Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is the video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community, and this is your Forge One, uh, who for the first time in about a year and a half is doing this without recording it on Twitch. So I am just talking to myself in the announcer voice. Hey, Sasha, how you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I spent the day with my mom outside at an art fair, and I did not get to nap. So we'll see no. where this goes right yeah
0: yeah i mean we're still like it's we had to cancel last week because i couldn't get the vacation stuff figured out because we had just arrived and uh yeah we were in a hotel tonight which is why we're not streaming um and we just drove nine hours today uh so i'm actually surprised we've been here about five hours but it it feels like time at this hotel is gonna fly by because Back in the morning, another three to four hours of driving, and then I have to drop the kids off after that. So.
1: So more driving.
0: Yes, more driving. (laughs) Um, Welcome, Ace. How you doing, bud?
2: Doing good. You know, as we discussed, I'm not on any lists for unfortunate incidents poolside, so that's all good. Yay! Yay! Yeah, I I did not have...
0: uh, I mean, I did have a couple times where the kids tried to pull down my shorts, but I'm in the ocean, so, like, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Nothing actually ever or came off. We we didn't... We saw some dolphins. That was fun.
2: Uh, oh, you gotta be careful. We went to... Dolphins are assholes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and rapists. Well, we were on a boat.
2: Yeah. We were, we were on a boat, mm-hmm. and they were...
0: They were minding their own business. They were not paying attention to us. Mm-hmm. But we did get close. Yes. Like
1: not all dolphins.
2: Right. Yeah. What is, I think, we what is it, the analogy tr- that I've seen lately? Uh, dolphins are like the deer of the sea, and then uh, orcas are like the wolves of the sea. Okay.
0: I have not heard that
2: one. Yeah. And like a bunch of people... Uh, are still like under the impression that that uh orcas haven't harmed humans before and it's like that you know of and then are recently you about
1: eat the rich eat the rich
2: well yeah i was about to bring that up too cuz because now there's that story out of what the yachts the yeah the yeah. yachts in what italy or whatever wherever the hell it is where they're attacking and sinking yachts it's like yeah maybe the reason that you haven't heard of uh, them killing any humans is because there haven't been any documented cases until now. Because maybe they're highly efficient killers.
1: that has been well orchestrated.
2: Alright, I gotta go guys. I will uh, see you next week, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, That deserved a clap. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I I think it was uh, on one of the mornings that I was watching Alex. I put on a oceans documentary on Disney Plus, and brought up how they how orcas on at some beaches will uh, like like sort of maroon themselves to get seals, Mm -hmm. and then they'll wriggle themselves back into the ocean. And then there are also certain <laughs> dolphins that do, like, the same thing, get fish. Like, they'll just go in a group and corral all the fish towards the shore and get the fish and then wriggle uh, back into the, the sea. And it's like,
1: they're, they're,
2: they're a lot smarter than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And... Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's just one of the things that also adds to me not wanting to go into the ocean. Aside from the fact that we have like not explored upwards of eighty five percent of it.
0: Well see I'm not I'm not afraid of the ocean, but I, I don't uh I didn't particular like it was good to have the girls go, but for me, I feel no connection to it.
2: I've I was got just like a YouTube documentary that I will send you and we'll see if that changes your opinion. Have you ever heard okay. of uh, the the uh, concept slash theory of abyssal gigantism?
0: Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Megalodon. Megalodon doesn't exist. Don't even try.
2: No, not even necessarily that. I had this argument.
0: That. Okay. All right. I mean, we know about the colossal squid. We have found it. It has been seen.
2: Krakens, yo.
0: You know, I think some people just let it go too far. Like, like that. The, I do not believe in sea monsters as much as I'd want to. Being the guy who loves monsters, I just, I don't believe in it. And also, I, mean, I was on a shallow shore. There's nothing giant underneath the waves where I was at.
2: Yeah, that's about as far as I'm willing to go. Uh, although we might end up doing a cruise in the future. Who knows? We'll see.
1: Now, I got a documentary for you that you will not want to go on a cruise if you watch.
2: Is it The Internet Historian's Cost of Concordia?
1: No, I don't think so. No. No, it's on, uh, I think it's on HBO. It's the one about when COVID outbreak started and everybody got stuck on that cruise ship for like a month.
2: Ah. Oh, I heard about that. That
0: was terrible.
2: I mean, there was That's also a series, terrible. I forget on what streaming, maybe it was um, Hulu, about uh, murders and stuff on cruise lines, where people have like thrown their significant others overboard and whatnot. Yeah. You
0: know, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. All that well, type of fun stuff.
0: All that being said, uh, my daughter Cece has decided that she is a real-life mermaid, and the ocean is one with her. And she is—she was legitimately extremely sad when we had to leave the ocean uh, every time. Uh-huh. Like she loved it. Like the moment she stepped foot in, and we—the the first day we were there, it was very violent. Like you could not walk out the shore without getting knocked down uh, and she was just getting bowled over and I thought she was going to cry or get upset or something she was laughing hysterically and just going along with it and it was just like okay <laughs> meanwhile Emery was just up near the, the end of the shore she was like yeah I'm good I don't want to get knocked over I'm <laughs> I'm good Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you're going to convince Cece to get away from the ocean with any documentary. (laughs) She's decided it's her life now. She is so enamored with it. Um, so, uh, moving along, we actually do have a topic for tonight that, that, uh, isn't vacations. Oh, so we were supposed to do this last week, but a lot of things got in the way for, for my case, so I, I couldn't record. So we delayed it to this week, which is... Uh, Sasha, I guess I'll have you explain it uh, since it was your your idea.
1: Um, So I was kind of thinking that we could bring games that we feel pretty confident that the others have not played. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little less popular, possibly cult classic style games, and just like just like the Hitch old them. gaming magazines like tell you all about the game like yeah like spoilers included just like old gaming sure. magazines used to do so i brought i have 3 games i i Same. did a good job on two of them i did not do a good job on the third cuz i got busy with work and yeah it's whatever
0: i mean i have the games in mind i'm going to be winging it for all three because i
1: didn't have a
0: lot of time to research them but they are all three games i'm familiar with so
1: yeah so i was thinking that we could just like talk about it with each other and not necessarily like hey you should play this game but more like it should feel like you were reading an article or a wikipedia thing about it sure okay yeah
0: Okay, Um, so do you want to lead us off, or I can, or maybe Ace? Do you you want to lead us off, or? Me. Yeah, you.
2: Ah, man, I'm still in vacation mode.
0: I'm literally still on vacation. I don't get back till tomorrow. (laughs) Although this is the drive home. This is the return home trip, but. Do I get paid for today? I don't think I get paid for today. I do get paid for my vacation, though. So that's fun. All right. Well, I'll I'll start us off. I'm going to start us off with uh, my weakest entry um, because there's not a lot to it because uh, it is an old school fighting game. And when we say old school, I mean, it is literally like two people beat each other up. There isn't a story mode. It is just Arcade just to see who's the better pilot per se. Um, so it's a One Must Fall 2047. Uh, and this is actually so old it's abandoned where no one owns this property anymore. Um, I don't think the developers are around in any capacity at all. I don't think they've become other companies. I don't think I don't even remember who the developers are honestly because I had like I said, I didn't have time to really delve into look these things up. But what's so cool about this game is that it is uh, it is a fighting game, and I know not a, you guys aren't super big on fighting games. I know Sasha, you have played some Mortal Kombat, but you've you've been kind of like, eh, on it. You're, you're not yeah. you're not super into it now. The reason why I liked this game is because it was for a PC game at the time, and uh, to me, it was pretty revolutionary that you could play two people on the same keyboard. So you would have uh, essentially a WASD with some buttons on the left side of the keyboard for one person, and the arrow keys and number pad inputs for the second player. So you could actually, like, split and co-op on a pc which hasn't been a thing in a long time and still isn't a thing for this fighting game and it's it's really it's the theme is really cool to me even though i'm not super big on uh mechs and that kind of stuff but it is giant robots and they all have their own moves and stuff like that but they don't have any statistics like speed or power or anything they just they are just the move set. So then the statistics that are like speed and power and that kind of stuff that, that they kind of balance the fighting game around are the pilots. So you choose a pilot and then you choose your move set. So you choose your statistics and then you choose your move set, essentially. So pilot plus um, mech. And there were some really cool ones. Um, although the fire one looks like a giant vacuum cleaner with eyes. Uh, and yeah, this is like, I want to say 88, 89, this game came out. So it's old. Um, and it's got, but it's got some killer music for that time too. Maybe it's nineties, but it's an old game. And I thought it was really cool because of the dual keyboard setup. So we could just, my brother and I would fight each other on the uh, computer all the time. Instead of having to have his own computer. And I like the robots. The robots are cool. Like, you got to do finishing moves and stuff, and it did like a slow motion, like, ching, 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 ching when he won. Uh, They had interactive maps. Like, there's actually dangers on the maps. Like, the one in particular that I remember is two, actually, uh, that had some traps. Where I've always liked fighting games that have like hazards that you have to avoid while you're fighting. So this one had... There was one that's like out in the desert. I think it's Nevada desert or something. And it, you'll have some fighter jets like fly in from the background and then sort of like strafe with bullets as they're going through. And those will stunlock you and hurt you and leave you open for your opponent to attack. And then uh, the other one was sort of like a cage match where the sides of the arena are this electrified netting. So if you knock them up into the wall... They'll take damaging, get shocked, and fall down. So, I I've always enjoyed that in fighting games as well is just the hazards of the environment. Uh, so much so that when I was a kid, I divide my I like devised my own fighting game that had like tons of hazards in every level. Like there was like a a level that was like this shallow like river that had like crocodiles and stuff that would come out and grab the player and do damage and stuff. Um, and it all came from this game, like that idea. Uh, so One Must Fall 2047 uh, is, like I said, I can't say much about it because it is just a fighting game. There's, no, there's, there's not really much of a story to talk about. It's just beat up your friends and have fun. Um, so yeah, there you go. And I do believe there are finishing moves.
1: I think there are. Do you know that? Okay, twenty forty-seven or twenty ninety-seven?
0: Maybe it's twenty ninety-seven. Okay,
1: so I say, did you know there's another one? <laughs>
0: there is a sequel. There is a sequel. It's like thirty something, but I never played it.
1: I'm looking at screenshots of it so I can visualize these uh, these robots.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones was just like a uh, looked like a I don't know some sort of Spiked wheel guy with flails chains on top of him. He was fun, but he was also short.
1: I see. They got their names, so the pilot and then the robot name underneath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty cool. It yeah. Looks looks like uh, it looks a lot like the original, like fighting games of its time.
0: Yeah, like, it is. Is
1: this a DOS game?
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you actually have to have DOS box installed to play it these days.
1: Very cool.
0: Interesting. Okay. I just got a text. You used 100% of your mobile hotspot data. Great. Well... Oh. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, hey, so you want to follow up on that?
2: Uh, sure. So, uh, one of my choices for the three games uh, is going to be Star Wars Battlefront Renegade Squadron. So, this was a uh, PSP title and a. Uh, special edition console came with it too. It was the uh, white console with the uh, Darth Vader, Vader. outline yeah. on the removable Chauncey battery panel. Um, so I think Fort, you played this one, I assume. I think no.
0: No, I did not. No. You just uh, Chauncey bought it and had that PSP.
2: Gotcha, okay. Yeah, so this one is basically a PSP version of the Battlefront game. It still has the Galactic Conquest and thing, stuff like that where it's got, like, the whole solar system grid where you work to take over more territory by doing missions and stuff like that. Uh, or, like, little battles, not missions. And then it's also got the uh, story, which is centered around the uh, Galactic Civil War with you and the uh, as the Rebels. Uh, so you are Renegade Squadron which is created by Han Solo to assist with uh, the fight uh, to free the galaxy from the Empire. Uh, it says on here that, because I was just reviewing it, just to make sure I had everything correctly, uh, that it was after after the battle of endor and after the demise of emperor palpatine uh so oh that's what it was i misread so it's the opening crawl recap said the renegade squadron was a major factor in the uh, galactic civil war uh to reestablish the okay re-establish free uh, planets and stuff like that and free them from the Empire. So it basically tracks mm-hmm. through all these uh, different planets. You go to uh, familiar places like Yavin 4, uh, Hoth, and uh, you actually, if I remember correctly, one of the battles is in Hoth space just after everyone evacuates. So you do some space battles and things mm. like that. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've played it, so I'm sort of mostly going off of memory and a little bit of the uh, Wikipedia, as it were. Uh, (laughs) There's even a mission where you, um, I think it's on the Hoth one, where you uh, fend off Vader or try to. If I remember correctly, my strategy for that mission, or at least in the uh, auto campaign or in like the in the galactic conquest mode was to immediately go from the hangar in the rebel base get all the way to the other side of the map behind the AT-AT mm-hmm. and just get an ATST and just yes spam the rockets spam the guided mm-hmm. rockets take down the AT-AT and then just continually spam it into Uh, stormtroopers, and into Darth Vader until I win. And that's often how I want it, because I was like, I mean, this is going to be way more effective than one of the snow speeders. It's got unlimited missiles. I can guide them to wherever I need them to go. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that was usually just my go-to method to sweep it in between 5 to 10 minutes, I think. But yeah, it also includes like missions where you are going against fending off Darth Vader, because uh, I think you maybe defeat him in the story. I don't. Again, it's been a while. Um, There's a mission where you fight against IG-88. Uh, Boba Fett is involved in the story as well. I believe you fight him in space, mainly. I don't remember if you fight mm-hmm. him in person. You might. I know I played as him a lot when I was on the Empire side during Galactic Conquest because jetpack and it was an actual proper jetpack not like in the Lego Skywalker saga where it's just and just drops you like right away and doesn't let Uh, you actually traverse
0: have you ever played Star Wars Bounty Hunter with uh, Boba Fett Um, I have
2: started it but I didn't get very far before I jumped onto something else
0: like I was say that had a true blue jetpack that mm-hmm. had you had to manage fuel and everything it was
2: mm.
0: very integral to the game
2: yeah if I remember correctly uh it was just one of those ones where you use it up and then it slowly regenerates I think one of my mm-hmm. go-to tactics uh, because I know that Kashyyyk was one of the multiplayer planets, I would just go onto one of the giant, like, almost golf tee platforms that Kashyyyk has, and then I would just stay mm-hmm. up there and just snipe all day. Oh, yeah. The splant, spam blast, because the PC and even, even most of like the uh, actual players in online play couldn't really get to me. So, right. That was a way just to soak up kills. Okay. So, I think that would be interesting if they either remade it or did like a updated collection and like modernized it. But Oh yeah, we'll see. Cuz I'd like to see some of these um stories like Renegade Squadron um what is it the trooper one the clone trooper one the commando I'm yeah. blanking on the name the one where you're like the enhanced clone troopers and stuff like command that.
0: yeah come i yeah I, I know which
2: one you're talking about i don't remember the name either
0: i never played it
2: yeah and even even the uh PlayStation 2, Xbox 3, or Xbox? I think it was Xbox version. Um, The Clone Wars game where it has you pretty much mostly in vehicles and you're going through the Clone Wars. That was one of my favorite games for... That's probably one of my favorite all-time games for Star Wars just because of all the different vehicles that you can play in throughout the whole entire story. I think it'd be cool okay. to see a lot of these remastered or retold and put into like a collection or something like that. But tomorrow, we'll see.
0: I'd, I'd love to see a Rogue Squadron updated because gosh, playing that game is terrible <laughs> these days.
2: Yeah. I mean, it'd so, be, um, it'd be nice to see ahead. some of those games updated with more modernized controls that make it easier. But, you know, I don't know that they ever will just because uh, Disney slash LucasArts slash whoever probably isn't looking to go back to old stuff and is probably just going to steam forward with new stuff, which I mean.
0: Yeah, I think Disney has made it very clear they want to cut ties with the old, yeah. except for um, well, funny story. I actually had a debate with my uh, mom and dad uh where we were watching t- like a tv movie uh mm-hmm. during the vacation where disney was like 50 years of disney and it like showed all these different like disney movies and stuff like clips of them and the last clip was from the la- uh return of the jedi and i was like no that's not disney history
1: they don't get to clip no, yeah. that
2: no
0: you don't th- no you you own it yes they- but that is not part of your history
2: did they include and my Marvel mom was like, it?
0: they own it. No, they didn't. They didn't include any Marvel in that's it. That's even weirder.
2: <laughs> like What?
0: Yeah. Hmm. So I was just like, that's the dumbest thing I've seen. My mom's like, they own it. They can do whatever they want. And I was like, but they're talking about their history. If they want to talk about their history, they should have shown like one of the more modern movies in that clip. Because they showed more modern stuff like Moana. In those clips too, like mm-hmm. it's not like it went from Snow White to Last Jedi, like yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that was that was a debate. I don't, remember, I don't remember what day it was, but that was a debate. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, anything else for the uh, Star Wars game? What was it? Uh, Battlefront Renegades?
2: Renegade Squadron. Okay.
0: Renegade Squadron.
2: I mean, I enjoyed a lot of, like, the, the battle multiplayer, whether it was actual multiplayer oh, yeah. and, or just against the computer. Uh, Bots, yeah. Yeah, because they had, like, captured the flag. They had, like, the, essentially, like, the team death match where, like, each side starts off with, mm. like, 150 uh, soldiers and Responds. then down to zero.
0: Yeah. Mm. Reinforcements or whatever, yeah.
2: Yeah. I hope, uh, if there is another Battlefront game that it's not, you know, infested with microtransaction loot crates, but We'll see.
1: I mean, you know, we'll be.
2: Well, if it's EA. I please. mean,
0: yeah, they did. They did lose their exclusivity with Star Wars. So after the last debacle.
2: Yeah. Some, some, uh, and some like, shit
0: went down at EA.
2: Yeah. And from what I've seen, Battlefront 2 is more in line with what it should have been and what players expected now, but, like, I don't really have too a reason too to go later. back. Yeah, too little, too late, and I don't really have a reason to go back to it other than Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. I don't think I'm going to be touching anything Star Wars from EA anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I still have to go back and beat Survivor. But I can't do that. That's at home. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not unless you, uh, Got a Android version of the backbone
0: nope 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 uh the only game I did gaming I did though this whole trip was on the switch and it was mostly with the kids no. uh, I did not get to do a lot of uh, what I would call what I want to do on the trip uh, <laughs> so uh, when it was. Just time for me to be able to chill. it was just chauncey and I hanging out, mm-hmm. and we would turn on game grumps and talk, so yeah, yeah, I didn't really play much games. Jaunce played the crap out of one of his anime atlier or something games mm-hmm. uh he was talking to me about it the whole drive today, like all nine hours he was he was playing it and talking to me about it, and some weird city management game where he had to manage all these different alchemists and stuff and he had like had hit like sales goals and stuff and I was like okay this sounds like really intricate and complicated so mm-hmm. all
2: right.
0: that's what he did <laughs> Um. so Sasha what's, what's your first uh, game magazine entry
1: mm, alright so I realized with the every time i do quiz questions with you guys that i can guarantee to stump you with point and click stuff so i picked oh, pretty much well point and i click felt games. like i did
0: okay with one of them
1: so i picked point and click um yeah for two of my games so the first one i picked um is one that i used to play with my dad um it is Available today, but when I played it, it was a DOS game. So it is mm-hmm. full throttle, which came out in 1995, and it was developed by Lucas Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's along the lines of like The Maniac Mansion, Day of the Tentacle, um, that type of right. game. So it's Tim Schafer's first game. As the project lead and head writer and designer, and in this game you play as a protagonist named Ben, who is the leader of a biker gang, and okay. you are framed for the murder of this motorcycle mogul. So think like, like the CEO of Harley Davidson is murdered, and you Ben are framed for it, and so you need to clear your name. Um, okay. So some of the things that this game was known for at the time was that it featured full motion video and action sequences, and it was the first to have, um, within like these point-and-click games, the first to have a contextual pie menu where you could have very specific interactions with the objects on the screen. It wasn't just pick it up and move it. It was like you could push it. Okay. You could yeah poke it. You could smell it. You could right. lick it. You could, like do weird shit with it um which oh, is where no. a lot of the humor comes from um i think in in uh tim Schafer games is like if you make the character do weird things with the objects like it's gonna he's gonna say funny things back to you about it before he does it
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i think uh monkey island eventually touched on this a bit later yeah. on
1: yep, yeah monkey island has the same thing in it
2: um
1: yeah. it was also the first computer game to employ screen actor guild voice actors instead of having in office actors to record. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so some of the professional voice actors. Um, ben is voiced by Roy Conrad, and Mark Hamill voices Adrian Ritberger, who is the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um Hamilton Camp is Malcolm Corley and Kath Sosie is Maureen. So these are all, like, I guess, really well-known uh, people, including, I guess, we all know Mark Hamill. Right, um, yeah, for sure. We also have licensed music in this. Um, and as this game has been re-released each time, the licensing has stayed the same. So um, hmm. a lot of the music is by a band called the Gone Jackals. Um but that's carried over every time. So this game is available now um, on Game Pass. I think it's on, I think you can get it on PlayStation as well. And then I guess there's going to be some uh, something that Microsoft is rolling out where there's going to be like 1,300 retro games available for like a yearly membership or a lifetime membership. And oh, Okay. I saw that a lot of these games, these old classic PC games are going to be on there. Um, so Maniac Mansion, Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, all of those are going to be on there. So this game is still readily available. So some okay. uh, basic information about this game. Um, like I said, Ben's the leader of the biker gang. He How he ends up getting framed is that he's supposed to be escorting this elderly like CEO of of this motorcycle company but they end up getting ambushed and his he he gets ambushed his bike is sabotaged and he ends up not actually being there when he gets the ceo gets murdered but Mm. all of his like gang was there and they they are like either dead or like indisposed in some way so he has like no way to clear his name he gets rescued by maureen who's a mechanic And, spoiler alert, she also ends up being the illegitimate daughter of the CEO. Um, And he was his intended, like, he intended to change the will so that she would inherit the company. Which is why he was sabotaged, like, murdered in the first place. Was by, like, somebody on the board who wanted some succession shit. Yeah.
0: That is some drama.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so it is a is a game I played with my dad. Um, I remember specifically like my dad getting stuck pretty early in the game. Um, and I was the one that figured out how to do it. And this had a lot to do with the radial menu having so many different options that like oh, there's sure, a lot yeah. of trial and error of what you needed to do to move forward. And there was a puzzle in a junkyard. And there was a yeah. junkyard dog that you needed to get past, but he would fuck you up if you didn't have the food. Like, it was like a steak that you had to get um, to oh. distract him. But the steak was somewhere else.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So, um, other things. This this game was influenced by Hunter S. Thompson's Hell's Angels, the strange and terrible saga of the outlaw motorcycle gangs. Okay. And um, there also was a peyote hallucination scene that they cut out of this game, and it ended up being the inspiration for Psychonauts.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that is that is an elevator pitch for a for a game. I think I have seen at least the the, the title art for this game, but
1: probably I have not
0: seen gameplay.
1: It um it did really well critically it has an 86 in metacritic okay yeah but uh i do recommend it um i think it holds up as well I, I think that there's really not too much of a difference with the remastered version other than a graphics upgrade it's the exact same game so
0: okay okay um so Uh, My second game, I have talked about a lot, uh, but, uh, and I have talked, like, anytime we talk about redoing or, you know, having someone redo a game, this is always on my list. (coughs) Jeez, that cough came out of nowhere. (coughs) Jeez. Um, So, uh, EVO, The Search for Eden, is an Enix game before Square Enix was a thing. Uh, and it is fully an RPG, um, but it's a platforming RPG, which is not um, a common thing. I guess uh, a more modern version, which I say modern isn't, but came out when I was in middle school. Uh, Maple Story is kind of like this, um, which was more like an MMORPG that was a platformer. But, anyways, you don't really see a lot of platformer RPGs, except for kind of indie titles these days. But your mission is to progress through life and its various ages to become the strongest being so that you can become Gaia's husband. Uh, The story in this thing is bonkers, and I love it. Um, There's aliens. Uh, There are uh, various other entities trying to stop evolution and stop your progress, specifically. Uh there's the dinosaurites, which are the evolution of dinosaurs uh trying to take over the world. Uh there are uh there's a family of Yeti that you have to kill as a boss. Uh who the baby Yeti is the only one you spare and he screams Mommy, 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 daddy, 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 and then you meet him thousands of years later. And you have to fight a boxing match with him because he became a boxing gorilla and he's a boss at the end, uh, like near the end of the game. And uh, he talks about how his ancestors were screaming, mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. Like, you're like, oh no, what have I done? I created this monster of this boxing monkey because, yeah, it's just the the story is bonkers it's always going to it's always been bonkers you get to, to see some actual like what i feel like some heartfelt moments in the game too like the uh, age of the dinosaurs uh when it ends it ends with the, the, the popular theory of being the meteor at the time uh it wasn't decided you know when they made this game all sorts of crazy theories were up in the air of why the dinosaurs died but they went with the meteor theory which i think is the most accepted now but it plays the, the sad song in the game. It only has one sad song. Uh, there's only a few different songs in the game. Which I, I think the music in it is great too. But um, you just get this slow scroll across all of dinosaurs. As they're dead and hit with meteors. They have special sprites with all the meteor killed T-Rexes. And Triceratops and stuff. As it's just like playing the sad music. So it's got a lot of drama and stuff, and it's got secrets, uh, like, tons of fun secrets. Um, one of the, like, uh, there's this, I've talked about the secret evolutions before, uh, like, the one that turns you into a mermaid, uh, specifically for this one area of the game. Uh, there's the secret of turning into a human uh, as as one of the combinations of evolutions you can do. But there's also secret crystals that turn you into things that aren't Uh, available to you in the game you can become a dragon for a short amount of time and depending on uh, how many of these secret crystals you collect you can actually just sort of become the dragon in any sort of boss fight and fight during as the dragon and the dragon is like incredibly powerful like more powerful than anything else as far as like certain stats Um, you can become a pterodactyl uh, at one point uh, so you you go under a storm cloud and it just abducts you up into the air. And suddenly you're in this pterodactyl land uh, where you have to like traverse this storm cloud maze. And then if you find the right crystal, you can evolve into a pterodactyl, which will reset all of your progress. Um, but at its core, this game is, like I said, an RPG where you are eating food to get EVO points which is mostly meat. Uh plants are usually health and EVO points are meat. So mm-hmm. apparently screw you herbivores, you don't get to evolve. Um even though you can pick herbivore parts. And you evolve various parts of your body throughout the age. So you start as a fish and you get to do all these crazy ancient fish things like uh Dunkleosteus like jaws which were like the big giant bony fish of the ancient world uh you get to do like shark dorsal fins and you can just become this amalgamation of this just crazy monster if you like or you can try to become something real if you want as well Uh, and it goes through fish then you become an amphibian and uh as you progress you also lose the ability like you can no longer alter your hands and feet once you're uh no longer a fish because your hands and feet just have to be hands and feet like (laughs) i don't know why they took that away because several animals have specialized hands and feet whatever um so then you like fish amphibian reptiles which is the dinosaur age which lasts for one era but then you become a mammal and that lasts for two eras and that's that's the only era in which you get to keep your progress, is the mammalian era. And the cool thing is, you can actually choose not to adapt, and you can choose to stay in the old forms. Uh, this is something I learned much, much later on in playing the game. Um, unfortunately, though, if you choose to remain a dinosaur in the Ice Age, uh, you will continuously take damage and you cannot walk on the ice. Uh,
2: I mean, So yeah. you are just
0: handicapping yourself.
1: Uh, is it I mean, is it beatable? Well, like could you do I assume
0: it? so. I I think I think I've actually seen a playthrough where someone did.
2: <laughs> That's so saying, yeah, I mean, if Mr. Freeze taught us anything.
0: <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the ice <Right>. age. <laughs> My terrible Arnold impression.
2: And I was going to also uh, say earlier, uh so would you say uh to turn into a dragon you need a uh, secret stun. yes you do yes uh spoilers not spoilers. so
0: yeah <laughs> there's a lot of fun things to do in this game uh it's if you just like play through the game normally it, like any other rpg i feel like you can get a- intensely long if you're playing it casual- casually um but if you're focused you can probably knock this out in 3 or 4 hours like it's mm-hmm. it's not a uh it's not an incredibly long game uh there is a lot of grind if you want to get certain evo things uh, cuz you do you do get to do like the make love not warcraft you can literally just like farm the lowest level monster for all, for end of all time and still get evo points unlike other RPGs like you can just play it safe and just kill the lowest thing yeah. which is what I did as a kid. Uh but as I grew up, I was like, no, I need to I need to figure out paths in order to go faster and go for bigger stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's got in my opinion, it's got great music, it's got fun gameplay, it's got a crazy just bonkers ass story. Uh like the dinosaur dinosaurs are just funny to me. <laughs> they literally just look like greys, like grey aliens. They're just green with blue eyes. And they're like, we're dinosaurs. We evolve we're the evolved form of dinosaurs. And they're just like, What? Um and of course I've talked many times about ball backs, which is just like literally just the giant amoeba that looks like a penis and a ball sack <laughs> that just it screams does, when he does.
1: Wait, <laughs> I Google imaged it last time we talked about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's just insane and I love it and I think more people should play it. (laughs) maybe, maybe just to experience it, maybe not, uh, you know, I'm not sure, I'm sure that people aren't going to love it the way I did as a kid, but, um, and I know people didn't because it's still a collector's item. It's still $200 to get a, to, to buy the cartridge, uh, with no box, like just Mm. in, whatever condition cartridge is $200 because it was such a rare SNES game. So, there you go. That's that's my magazine portion for
2: EBO. Alright. Ace? So, shocker, not shocker. Just dry, <laughs> drawing from my childhood. Another PSP right. game. Uh, Ace Combat Ten, Skies of Deception. So, wait, wait, ten?
0: Ten was on the PSP.
2: Yeah, that's that's what this shows me. Oh,
0: oh my gosh! Because I played the first Ace Combat. That was the first, The only one I ever played was the first one, and it was PS One. Mm-hmm. But it feels like not a lot of time between PS One and PSP. Ooh, okay.
2: I oh, mean, there nice was combat games. There were some on PS2, according to this as well, because apparently there were um, mechanics that carried over. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one you uh, are a, a pilot for the country of Aurelia, who is invaded by the uh, recently out of a civil war nation of Lissath or Lysath, I mm-hmm. say Lissath. Uh and your country is taken over, and uh, your military is decimated within 10 days, because, surprise, surprise, they have a surprise secret weapon called the Gleifnir, <laughs> and what that is, is a giant, literally giant freaking uh, like super aircraft uh, it can camouflage sort of like the uh helicarriers in uh marvel where they sort of have yeah. like the retro deflection or they it just like goes invisible but it has uh on its bottom side like this almost like a orbital cannon type thing that it can use to destroy things um uh, And so, essentially, uh, through the campaign, what you're doing is uh, reclaiming territory that has been taken over by the invading country. Uh, Yeah. So, it's like a mixture of air-to-air, air-to-ground missions. There's uh, escorts in it, too, where you have to escort, like, allies and stuff like that. You take out enemy bases and stuff like that. So a lot of like your standard fighter air jet fighter game things and then uh, there are a couple missions to uh, fight the near and eventually take it down uh, there's I think hmm. it's either the first or the second mission uh, you fight it uh, you have to uh, stay under a certain height because the whole entire thing Rolls over onto its back and then uses its weapon. So anything above that height would just be destroyed because okay. of however the weapon functions. Forget exactly how they explain it, but it's like a super <laughs> weapon, right? Um, well, which is as I hear Ace Combat story
0: is just nuts in the general, anyway. So
2: yeah, I mean the the most recent one for uh, PlayStation and Xbox they also had, like, a super, super weapon flying fortress type thing. Um, right. In addition to drones and stuff like that. Um, oh, what was... I find it interesting now, though, looking back on it, I'd have to get the game and play through it again to see if they, like, go super deep into, like, how the how the Gleifnir is constructed and, like, how it works, I don't remember that they do, but based on how modern aircraft, namely big passenger airplanes, work, work that that thing wouldn't work because,
1: despite what
2: the uh, Denzel Washington movie Flight would suggest, uh, giant planes like that are not meant to fly upside down, and those those wings would uh, more than likely just snap off, and the whole entire fuselage would plummet into the ground okay uh, mm. and then and then if I remember correctly there's multiplayer otherwise it's similar to like Star Wars Battlefront Renegade Squadron where mm. you've got like the the map conquest thing at least for the story portion there's like the map conquest thing uh, I don't know I enjoyed the story when I was younger I think eventually maybe I'll pick it the game up if I don't still have it in my collection somewhere. Um and play through it again at some point. We'll see. But okay. it was it was fun for me.
0: Okay. So Eighth Combat 10. It surprises me that it's that high in the number series on the PSV, honestly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always referred to it as Ace Combat X because I didn't, I wasn't cognizant of the whole Roman numerals thing. So, whatever.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Kind of like how people call it Jason X instead of Jason Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Ace Combat Ten. Cool. Um. <laughs> Which, I don't know, I might actually check that out at some point. I need to go back because the Ace Combat series just sounds like my kind of crazy. And I do like, you know, pseudo-flight sims where you actually
2: get to fight. So, we'll we'll see.
0: I did play the first one, at least.
2: That and, um, I also enjoyed doing uh, Tom Clancy's Hawks as well. Mm -hmm. That was on PlayStation 3. I don't know if you ever played that. It's also a similar thing. where like you're playing through a a uh, sort of world war story or like a war story with fighter jets and stuff like that. Um, more modernized and stuff like that, where you have like F-22s, F-35s, things like that. Uh, there's also like a Gosh. sort of like a Death Star Trench run as one of the final mm. missions where you're, Flying low altitude through a canyon until you can get to the strike zone, and then you pop up and start firing on the base that you're meant to. So okay, there's a couple of fun games out there, fighter fighter jet games out there that I'd recommend.
0: I I played a lot of Blazing Angels is the, mm-hmm. is the series that I played.
2: So, yeah, I think I played that. I because that's largely World War Two, right? Yeah. Yeah, I forget which one it was, but it was PS3 Air. I'm pretty sure. So one of those. I played it on the. I played it on the Wii. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so Sasha, wh- what's uh your next one?
1: All right. Um, next one is also a point and click. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a sequel to another game that I didn't play. Um and they're not really necessarily related to each other where you need to have played the first game to play the second one. Mm -hmm. So the game is called Still Life, and I played it on the PC. It also came out on Xbox. Um, Okay. It came out in 2005. It was developed by Microids Canada, and Still Life in the title refers to art. Um, Which Mm -hmm. is a theme in this game Um, As we get into it This is a Third person point and click game In which you control an FBI agent Her name is Victoria McPherson And she is investigating uh, A series of murders In Chicago Um, And the murders are Like The bodies are posed um, Like works of art Interesting Okay. Yes. Um, and she is where this ties into the previous game. The previous game um, covers a detective in the twenties who is like her grandfather. So, in okay. Still Life, um, she also you switch perspectives occasionally back to the grandfather who is also investigating very very similar murders uh, in the twenties. So okay. she's investigating these murders in 2004. And the grandfather is investigating them in 1920s Prague. And she's in Chicago. Wow. Um, and she has her grandfather's journals. So as, like, she's investigating these murders, she's realizing that they're eerily similar to the murders that her grandfather investigated. So you get to switch back to also investigate his murders. So, um within our story here uh, in Chicago and in Prague, both murderers are targeting sex workers and then obviously like Mm -hmm. posing their bodies in these like really macabre scenes. So the killer back in Prague was not revealed. Um, Not right away. So like he thinks that he has him. He thinks he figures it out, and he gets away. The guy gets away and escapes to America. And then that's it. That story remains fully unresolved. So back to present day uh, with the FBI agent, she also um, shoots somebody uh, at the end of the game. She solves the murder, um, but shoots them, and they fall in the Chicago River. And then they are also, like never found so the resolution mm. to all of this is in the next game and still life 2 um, oh, okay where like she kind of just moves on from everything she's like in a totally different area she is investigating a different set of murders um in maine mm. but she so what we end up getting in the second game is a small section where you get a resolution from the first and essentially the guy from Prague escapes to America and he settles down he stops murdering he but he like Lays keeps low. his like keeps his like art I don't know his journals his art and he has a family he um his grandson is the murderer in Chicago in 2000s so a family and legacy he,
0: Interacts with a family legacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I never played the second game. I, I only played Still Life. I never played the first game, and I didn't play the sequel. Um, I, I remember being really upset about the first game not having a resolution, and I think that that's part of why it didn't it didn't do as well as it probably could have because it is a, a technically sound uh, point-and-click game. Like, I think it goes along Mm -hmm. the lines of if you've seen or played any of the, like, CSI or the Sherlock Holmes or the Law & Order games, it's really, really similar to that. Um, But it's Mm -hmm. a little bit darker, a little bit grittier, I think. Um, I I do think they're rated mature. Um, I do remember that the crime scenes were pretty, pretty gory for, like, a point-and-click game, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's my second game, Still Life.
2: Okay. Still Life. I was going to say, that sort of reminded me of the recent movie, the, the Secrets We Keep, where a woman who survived World War II, I think she's specifically supposed to be Jewish, um, suspects her neighbor mm-hmm. is a uh, escaped Nazi and kidnaps him. That's sort of what that reminded me of. I haven't seen it yet. I want to although I I took it's a very a different 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. So okay.
0: I took a very different approach on a movie thought. Have you guys seen the Owen Wilson uh movie Paint?
1: No. No.
0: Oh man. So it's Owen Wilson as, like, a spoof slash fictionalization of Bob Ross. Oh.
1: i heard of it, but I haven't watched it.
0: It yeah, is that, hilarious. Yeah. It is funny. And mm. it is... It is not, like, like... It is not, like, slapstick funny. Like, he normally, like, Noah and Wilson would do with, like, Wedding Crashers and, you know, that kind of stuff. Where... You know, he's more overtly funny. This is a very subtly funny movie. Chance mm-hmm. um, and I have been quoting this movie because we watched it together with Mom and Dad a couple weeks ago uh, constantly. Because there's, cause he's being Bob Ross, right? And Bob Ross is like the happy tree guy. Like, he's just that little happy tree here. Da, da, da. and In the whole movie, he speaks in whispers. So he doesn't like raise his voice. So there was this point where he real he he figures out that they hired a new painter to to be on the television spot next to his, uh, who's like a more modern younger painter, and he was like, "I'm gonna go in my van now," and then right. and then the the woman. Who was like new to to, to being around him was like, is is he all right? And then the other women are like, he's so mad right now. That is the most angry I have ever seen him. So like, so when someone is just like, just like normal, they just do something normal. It's like, that is the most angry I've ever seen him. (laughs) We've started doing that to each other. (laughs) Cause like, oh man. He was like, uh, there was another point where he he goes into the to TV producer's like office, and he's like, the the guy is like, are you gonna yell at me? He's like, yes, I'm yelling at you right now. You can't do this. <laughs> like just with, like that flat tone, of like, or or he'd whisper or something. Oh gosh, it's it's so good. You guys got to see it eventually. <laughs> but yeah, because still life, I was thinking, uh, but. Bob Ross's of landscapes, art. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and there's this this funny bit where they keep thinking that he's sleeping with different people, and he's just painting them a the landscape every time. It's just him, like in a private landscape painting session with them. It's so funny. Um. Anyways, uh, so so my third game, uh, I have talked about this game a few times, and I actually I I. I played this a little bit on the trip uh because it's it's uh, on i have a version of it on the switch which is a definitive version but i originally played this on pc back in 96 97 maybe when i was a mm-hmm. kid uh it's an interplay game which uh as you may know interplay eventually became blizzard uh And that is uh, The Lost Vikings. And The Lost Vikings, uh, another platformer of of sort of, it's not a platformer in the sense of like Mario or Sonic. It is a platformer in the sense that you are on a 2D plane, you need to get from point A to point B, but it's more of a puzzle game than it is a platformer uh there are platforming sections i would say that one of the characters are a bit of a platformer uh, and that would be eric the swift uh you have three very bombastic characters which are uh eric the swift who is the red bearded viking you have olaf the stout who is the blonde heavyset viking who he uses a shield and you have baylog uh, i always called him the bold but I guess his name—he's actually called something else. I realized, uh, Baylog the something, and he's sort they, of like the fighter.
1: They put them in Heroes of the Storm.
0: They did, yes.
1: Yes, that's so cool.
0: And they are a tri-unit in Heroes of the Storm. You actually control all three of them, uh, and uh, yeah, they—they are—they are a—they uh, are also an Uldemain, uh the dungeon in World of Warcraft uh when they redid old mine they made them more prominent um they are they are a very classic blizzard uh team uh but I would say their personality and their quips are very funny um they all have their own special abilities to sort of solve the puzzles and get through the the level and not all the puzzles are very easy or uh I'll just say this. I never beat, beat the game. In the several years that I've gone back to it, uh, I think the closest I came was high school. And I literally couldn't get past Candyland. Because huh? uh, Candyland has uh, monsters that are copies of the said Vikings. And they are very hard to defeat.
2: <clears throat> gotcha.
0: But uh, there are... Basically, the gist of the story is you are Vikings who go out hunting one day to sort of introduce who they are. And then after a good day of hunting, they're sleeping in their homes and a spaceship comes and abducts the three of them to put in a collection of various people from around the world, uh, sort of like the collector from Marvel. I say that's uh, like
1: as an episode of Star Trek like that, too.
0: Oh, okay uh I should have had water I forgot water <laughs> anyways um you uh you get abducted uh and um you're just trying to escape and get back home to your to your families and uh in your misadventures of trying to get home you travel through various times and places um the first one is like the prehistoric, like dinosaur age. You end up having to fight dinosaurs and cavemen, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the next world is Egypt, ancient Egypt. Uh, and that's where stuff starts to get really difficult because you get an enemy that one shots you, uh, the mummy. The mummy just turns you into another mummy, like, you're just completely dead. Okay. Um, it's got it's got interesting like I said it's got interesting puzzles. uh you have a lot of interactions with items, it's sort of like point and click stuff. It's got some point and click elements where you kind of have to figure out okay, so this item does what now um, for instance, as Vikings, one of the it's it's very clear to us as you know people who are familiar with computers um, yeah, but it's kind of vague to the Vikings. When they're like blow up the computer with a bomb, they don't know what either of those two things are. (coughs) So stuff like that. Uh, There's fun dialogue at the end of every level. Like uh, one of the levels, it's they actually uh, it's sort of like a tutorial level for Eric to do the head bash to sort of like certain walls can be broken, and only he can do it with his head bash. And he's like, if I had to bash one more head, my wall, my head's going to explode. And then uh, the other two were like, "I get his helmet, I get his boots," <laughs> and then the level ends. So like they're nice. they're pretty funny, and you can tell they're good friends through the dialogue and stuff. So, anyways, yeah. So I really suggest people check it out. Uh, if you don't like Blizzard and you don't want to support them, I understand that. Um, but it is available through the arcade Blizzard Classics, um, and they have. The original version, they have an updated version It has new things, and there is a sequel uh, that I only ever played once in a hotel, of all things. Back when they used to have SNESs hooked up to the hotels, and you had to pay like $30 just to play one game. Um, I convinced my parents to let me play Lost Vikings 2 uh, at one point, and for some reason there are were also werewolves uh, in the second one, and I have no context of that. So eventually I want to finish the Lost Vikings 1 and then play Lost Vikings 2. So yeah. that might be a an endeavor I choose. Uh but I did like I said, I didn't play a lot of games, so I didn't really stick with it uh this 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 week. <laughs> right. But I do wanna I do wanna finish The Lost Vikings for sure. Um again, wonderful pl- uh, wonderful puzzles and uh characters. Mm-hmm. And I love them as characters, like a I went. I was over the moon when I figured out they were coming in uh, *Heroes of the Storm* because I was actually actively playing at that time that game. Uh huh. No, so
2: last Vikings. Uh, so what's your what's, what's your third one, Ace? My third one is just like a completely casual start it up, have fun, screw around. Uh, MX versus ATV Unleashed. So this one I played on. Xbox back in the day. Uh, and it was just one of those games that you could put on and chill out and vibe to because it had a killer soundtrack. Uh, it had uh, Give It All by Tony Rides Hawk against. Style. Yeah, it had, <laughs> it had one of those sort of like punk slash not really grunge. It was more like punk slash rock mm-hmm. soundtracks. Uh, so you can do like a lot of uh, racing between, like, dirt bikes, ATVs, um, I think they're technically called funny cars, the ones that are, like, off-road trucks or whatever. Uh, I believe there are even monster trucks. There's helicopters and airplanes and stuff like that. All sorts of mm-hmm. different things. Um, you could also do, like, hill climbs and stuff like that where you go up like steep elevation and try to get to the top. I often didn't do those just because I couldn't figure out the mechanics of it. Um,
0: Yeah. I don't know how people do that in real life. That's insane. I've seen some of those.
2: Yeah. Definitely seems like a good way to uh, get hurt. Get hurt. I mean, I mean, there are people who have been doing it for years and years and know what they're doing. Hats off to them. Not something I'd do ever. Have you seen the ones um, they do like
0: dirt bike obstacle courses where they like, hill climb like constantly and like jump between pillars and stuff? It's nuts.
2: Yeah, I've seen stuff That's like crazy. that. It's crazy. It's all crazy. Um, you can also do like a bunch of free play and stuff and just go and drive around the courses. Um, Listen to music. One... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, they have uh, uh, "Give It All" by Rise Against, and I usually always try to time like a really big jump with the with the point between the chorus uh, where it has like the dropout in the audio Mm, before it kicks in with the that type of thing Um, in free play too with some of the maps that were sort of open and didn't have like a fenced in track area Uh, if you got to the edge of the map it would start having like a rumbling noise like if like almost if you were just constantly pressing headphones in so it sort of has like that ambient rumbling noise and then there'd be a shotgun blast sort of sound effect and your character if you were on like a dirt bike um and really any vehicle would just be like immediately launched and if you were (laughs) on a dirt bike and stuff your character would just be ragdolling through the air and it would send you, like, towards the middle of the map, essentially. So that was sort of, like, their way of resetting you off the invisible boundary or wall on those maps. Is
0: shotgunning
2: you away. Yeah. So that was always a okay. funny aspect to me of, like, all of a sudden I just hear the rumbling and I'm like, All right, let's just go through it. And, just... and you're just flying through the air. And then you just ragdoll. Back when ragdoll
0: physics were uh, brand new and hilarious,
2: yeah. And then there was also they're still
0: hilarious, but
2: yeah. And then you could also uh, do like stunt, stunt challenges and arenas and stuff like that. So I would be constantly backflipping. I could never figure out the uh, 360 though, so I would usually always just go for a backflip. I think I yeah. At most, had only ever done a double backflip. I don't know if I ever did a triple. I'm sure there are other people who could, but yeah, just a just a fun zone out, around type game. So okay,
0: okay. Uh, what what was that called again? BMX cross what? I-
2: MX versus ATV Unleashed. A bit of a versus... bit of a mouthful, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they have they have more current versions of MX versus ATV, uh, but that's the one that I've really only ever played. Okay. Well,
0: the the retro ragdoll shotgun sounds like worth it. So. <laughs>
2: I mean, it worked for me <laughs> along with the soundtrack. So, yeah,
0: right. like oh yeah, I'm sure the too, soundtrack is a big thing.
2: Yeah, around that time too, like a lot of games had good soundtracks. Even like uh, NHL 2003 or 2004, I think I really liked the soundtrack for that one. And then I think sure. it was like Madden 06, 07, or 08. One of those ones, it had a really nice soundtrack that I liked as well.
0: Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that Madden had uh licensed songs, but I haven't played one since the
2: window, so the, back in the day before uh it became a uh gotcha game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well then. Okay. So Sasha, what's your uh what's your third one for tonight?
1: Alright, so I know I've talked about this game before, but I don't think that you guys have played it. It is Alpha Protocol, which came out in 2010. I played this on the 360, and it did come out for PC and for PS3. Yeah. It was developed by Obsidian.
0: Yes. Um,
1: so I do have a soft spot in my heart. It's published by Sega. <laughs> Yeah. Um, This game did not do well uh, critically. It did not do well sales wise. It does is, have some problematic things in it. <laughs>
0: um, is this the one that had a bunch of sliding and stuff or am I wrong? Mm,
1: if it did it's not how I played. So sure. this one is it is supposed to be an espionage RPG game. And it was inspired by Jason Bourne, James Bond, Jack Bauer. Okay. Now, specifically, I'm telling you these three because it is supposed to be this three stances within the dialogue tones. So like when you think about mass effect with the dialogue Mm -hmm. trees, you've got Paragon and Renegade, but in this game, you've got professional, suave and aggressive jason bourne james uh, bond jack bauer guy. Yeah. okay so your dialogue trees have that um but conversations are in real time so not answering as well so like silence is also considered a response kind of like a telltale game so if you don't answer fair there's going to be a consequence for that as well um which, certain... is, which is
0: something that Monster Hunter Stories needs to learn. Silence is an answer.
1: Yeah, I mean it is. So um I
0: will never not have... take an opportunity to shit on that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have um
2: We know. <laughs> you
1: You have customization options for this. Um it's kind of limited because you are a named character. You're sure. you're an agent named Michael Thornton. Um I very much make him look like Archer, like the cartoon <laughs> and Archer. <laughs> yeah. And so you can imagine that I'm probably playing the suave sure. stance in my dialogue tree. Maybe it's slightly aggressive, but mostly suave. Um, certain choices uh, within your conversations and within the missions are going to open up or shut down um, storyline story branches and potentially relationships that you may or may not build with your handlers um or some of the like other characters in the game there's four different romance options um and you absolutely can romance more than one uh within the game Mm. as as sterling archer would right um yeah So mission hubs within this game, um, it's like a safe house. And there's a couple different safe houses as you move through the story and you're moving to different countries. Um, You get mini games for disabling, hacking, unlocking. Um, You earn perks based on the way that you complete the missions and the way you talk to people. So like if you're a very professional... Conversation person versus a very aggressive conversation person. You may have different perks that benefit you um, within the game. So you have um, you earn experience points. You can customize skills. There are nine skill trees. There's stealth pistols, submachine guns, shotguns, assault rifles. So you can definitely go the run and gun route. But there's also sabotage, technical aptitude, um, toughness, and martial arts. So you've got. A lot of different options. Um, there's more than one way to beat every single mission. You can 100% like go full like stealth route if you wanted to, and it would not negatively affect you in the end game. Like you wouldn't not be able to beat the game because you don't have good combat skills. So, right. um, where this game kind of took a hit critically was that the AI is not awesome so it's a pretty easy stealth game if you choose to go the stealth route oh. <laughs> yeah um but I, okay. I i will say i think that the combat if you choose to go the run and gun combat route um it is tough in the beginning um because it's not it's very mass effect one like busted sure. not great controls but once your character skill tree um starts to build up it's almost like the controls stop feeling so clunky and broken. Like, your character actually moves better, um, aims faster, reloads faster. Like, Okay. It's kind of interesting. So, um, I chose to oh. go the route of, like, technical aptitude, sabotage, some stealth stuff, and then I picked up a backup, like, weapon option in case I fucked up. But because the AI is not great, I really didn't need the weapon options. Um mm-hmm. the stealth is pretty easy. Still good to have I, like, a backup plan. Yeah. Um I think also as well, um, there's some questionable things when this guy goes to the Middle East. It's very like white savior. Oh. Um but all in all, um I am not a person who's into espionage stuff. I don't I, I'm not like into James Bond, I'm not into any of that, I found this game to be entertaining. I, I think that it did a really nice job of kind of following the RPG formula of its time.
0: Sure. Um,
1: Like the conversation trees, the way that you can build up your character with, um, and be able to beat the game in your unique gameplay style and not be punished for it later on. Mm -hmm. So I thought that there were some like really nice things from it. Um, obsidian wanted to do a sequel sega said no because it really didn't this is absolutely a bargain bin game um (laughs) oh no (laughs) but i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's like a broken bargain game bin game i enjoyed this i i think i probably spent ten dollars on it when i played it back in the day and i i thoroughly enjoyed it i played beat it more than once so Mm -hmm. justice for alpha protocol Alright.
0: I'm checking since I can't double screen, but I'm checking because I think I've seen something like this.
2: I was also going to say earlier. So, for the game, would you say one of the most important aspects would be uh, phrasing?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) phrasing Sort of I like guess that's an Archer joke. The- yeah. yeah. Okay. I've yells never watched in. Archer, so I, I know it's another on the list of things I need to watch. And starting yeah. with King of the Hill.
1: I mean, Somewhere. Archer's fine. I don't. I don't think Archer's a must-watch, but it is very okay. funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha.
2: Okay. Everybody, Alpha Protocol. King yeah. of the Hill's also got plenty of golden quotes.
1: I I, I I do think I King of the Hill is a must watch.
2: I want to.
0: I'm discussing on on ways to to do it with my brother, um, because he has the Hulu subscription, and I do not. So and now I don't live with him. So we we are we are discussing about letting me use his his uh, Hulu. I didn't say that on the internet publicly
1: or anything i but. don't think that they're they're uh sticklers for that yet yet
0: yeah yet. i know netflix is netflix is starting to crack down on people
1: starting to i don't know i also, haven't crack- caught sure my mom if, 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 yet
2: i'm Let not sure in. if good ahead. good ahead. okay um i'm not sure if they uh screen every episode of the uh shows that they put on, but uh, if they don't, the uh, showrunner for uh, Black Mirror may have uh, been hinting at uh, what the industry is heading towards.
1: Are you talking about the AI episode?
2: Yeah, because I don't know if you've been sort of following slash keeping up on the writers and now writer and actor strike going on. But it's come out that apparently their uh, companies were planning on creating AI copies or digital scan copies of at least background actors, paying them for one one day's work, and then uh, using their AI or their uh, artificial scans or their three D scans in perpetuity, and then those actors don't get any royalties or anything like that which is sort yeah, of the I mean, whole entire there there is a legal precedent there for using your likeness
0: I mean just talk to Ellen Page
1: yeah. she
0: had a <laughs> there was a long debate about her and uh Ellie from uh oh gosh Last of Us? Last of Us, yes, sorry. I know it was your thing, but it, what was sticking to my head is the
2: game she actually did, which was Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. So uh, The Black Mirror episode is Bananas, Yeah, because essentially what it is, have you ever seen uh, Schitt's Creek?
0: No, but I've seen the uh, memes from it a lot. Uh, the the uh, actress
2: who plays Alexis. Uh, yes. She's the main girl in it. Essentially, she's like one of like the higher ups at like a tech company or something like that. And then okay. uh, her and her boyfriend, fiance, husband, I think, fiance, fiance. Uh, watch watch the uh, in universe version of Netflix. I forget what it's called, but it also does the tone noise when it starts up. <laughs> So it's sure. I mean, just a, a copy. They do like to poke fun at themselves. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the name of the show is Joan is awful, and her name is Joan, and the oh, no. Joan is played by Selma Hayek. And what it is is that through their through her like phone and stuff, they record like all of her conversations and stuff like that, and then the show using AI uh, and a digital likeness of Selma Hayek like verbatim reenacts what happens in her life oh, and show no. it's it shows like situations that lead to her uh, fiance Jeez. leaving her and then her life starts to spiral because then she like loses her job for uh, being like Sort violating of the non-disclosure agreement. Well,
1: that's her, why she lost her job. Though it was that the conversation that was recorded was an NDA, like protected conversation. But they right. replicated it on the the TV show, so they yeah, nailed then, her for her NDA.
2: Yeah, and then so she like starts spiraling out of control. But then she gets the idea to, uh oh my god, go and mess with the company. So she like door dashes a bunch of like fast food, or she like or goes and buys it, so she slams like i don't know ten to twenty hamburgers or something like that, and then she she drinks a up bottle a of laxative peer. oh, is that what it was? I thought she maybe she just
1: she eats like ten burgers it. and then drinks a bottle of laxative and then and also she was drinking all day. Liquor. Yeah, and then she and goes she, to the she, church. She goes, and
2: unloads. To, she goes to a church dressed as a cheerleader with air horns, and crashes wants... a, a wedding mid ceremony, and like shits all over the church floor. And then the Selma Hayek 3D uh, likeness does the same thing in the episode, and then in in the TV show it's recreating that with its own TV show at the same time. So it's like a never ending loop of just ridiculous ass stuff because then Selma Hayek's character is like reacting to there being a streaming service centered around her. So it's like a never ending cycle. And then uh, eventually the real Selma Hayek shows, shows up to Joan's house and is like, they're trying to work together to end it. And then, uh, if I remember correctly, the whole thing ends up being, like, a fake simulation or something like that, wasn't it? Sasha, do you remember?
1: So, it's like... Yeah, it's like a... So, Joan is not the original Joan. Yeah. And so, like, each... Because within the, the Netflix show that they're watching... She even watches herself watch the episode of herself, who's played by Kate Blanchett, not Salma Hayek. So, Salma Hayek watches Joan is Awful played by Kate Blanchett. But then, like, then Kate Blanchett would have a version of Joan is Awful played by another actress. So, there's like layer after layer after layer after layer, and they're like just part of code. And it's a never ending multiverse of code that's being generated by an AI system.
2: So it's a never-ending loop of craziness. And
1: That's they're just a story cool. and a story. Wow. Which is
2: sort of similar to the... uh, What is it? I think it's White Christmas episode. Yeah. Where there's but, the one guy who's like sort of torturing the AI copy of a guy who incidentally uh, killed his ex-wife's father. Was seeing their uh, strange, his estranged daughter, essentially. And mm-hmm. so this one guy is like tr- trying to get the confession and is so like essentially torturing this guy. but It's like a digital copy of the guy. It's like a digital recreation of his consciousness. Yeah. So it's literally going through like hundreds or thousands of years or something crazy like that.
0: Uh, yeah that is crazy,
1: holy cow, but yeah, all of that is to say how that relates to the current situation with like sag and the actors um, and writers strike is that if you give if you give away like the rights to your likeness, they absolutely can do whatever they want with it so like the salma Hayek character is outraged because what she did on camera was done like in a church and it was so offensive to her that like her likeness was used in such an offensive way. And Netflix was like, yeah, well you can go fuck yourself because you signed this contract. So right, <laughs> that's just what it is. And essentially like that, that's not that it's going to go every single time to that extreme example of like laxative shitting in a church in the middle of a wedding, but they can do whatever they want. And then you got paid for a day of work. Like, and they can just do whatever they want with your image. That's insane to me and unacceptable.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it today, but uh, Ron Perlman is uh, proving himself to be a real one because he made a TikTok uh, around the uh, quote of one of these execs who uh, in an interview with one of the main sources said that their plan is to like, essentially starve out the writers until they start losing their apartments and houses. And uh, Ron Perlman was like, we know we know who it is who said this and where where he lives. So you better watch out. Hmm. Like like those those things you're saying can be very dangerous and you can lose your house through a lot of ways like karma and accidents and stuff like that. So watch out. Basically, like, you better be careful because you're gonna fuck around and find out.
1: Mm.
2: And like, I think it's interesting. Like I said, I've been
0: on a literal island, so I have heard none of this. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it's interesting sort of like the disconnect that a lot of people have of this of like favoring the studios and whatnot over the writers and now the actors since Mm -hmm. they've joined this as well um of like the well it's not a real job anyways type mentality and it's like okay then don't watch anything ever like you are if you engage with literally anything even if it's like a real real housewives or like a real world type situation those those things are all largely still scripted those things oh, yeah. all still exist because of writers and a lot there, of the stuff there that are you truly watch, unscripted things but there's not right
0: not not your average TV show or movie or anything else of that caliber is not going to be scripted. Like it's, it's it's not, it's insane.
2: Right. And so it's, to me, it's like these people are still doing a job and still providing a service that you engage with. So like whether or Or not you think that, you know, actors are lesser because they aren't working a quote unquote real job they still do deserve to have fair pay. Like, they still That's, deserve to be able to live off of their job.
0: That's very weird because most people put actors on a pedestal. <laughs> like, right. This is very weird to me. Maybe not the writers, but the, the actors certainly get put on pedestals.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's also some, uh, certain people in the internet sphere who are now, uh, flipping ships just like that when they were previously doing the whole oh disney is going woke and blah 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 type thing and now they're like suddenly like bro disney go disney screw the writers especially with like star wars and things like that being like oh the sequels were crappy and blah 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 the writing in the dialogue sucked <laughs> And it's like
1: you do How much that. do you think how much to what degree though do you think that the people on the internet who that are like having the backs of the yacht billionaires who are like making these decisions that are actually just being paid for to say these pro billionaire opinions on the internet it's that's not, not actually their opinion.
2: Yeah, no. It's not a zero. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, one,
2: the one in particular uh, that I'm referencing, I'm not going to name him because I don't like him and I don't think he deserves any more recognition. He 100% is a grifter and just flies with whatever will get him the most views and the most attention to his channel to sell whatever products he's peddling at that given time of the month.
0: Okay, no clue. No clue who you're talking about. That's okay. I don't. I don't, I meant, I meant I don't it need to engage vague. with the
2: content. Huh? I meant it to be vague.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I yeah. like. Like I said, I've just been watching all the game grumps. They just do video games, and I'm good.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, at at my previous job, I can confirm that 100 percent they would be having conversations of being like oh, well, they're just a bunch of pompous, prissy, overpaid prima donnas and things like that. I know that that would definitely be said. And I would definitely counter to them if I were still there with the, alright, don't watch anything ever. Uh, I mean,
0: there's a a middle ground, but as there always is, but yeah, it's it's there's uh,
2: it's obviously
0: they they shouldn't be replaced and yeah. treated like dirt.
2: For me, it's still the same as, or it's very similar to the whole uh fight for fifteen narrative of like why should so this person be paid fifteen dollars to flip a burger? Well, a it's still an essential job that Mm -hmm. you're not doing that. A lot of other people refuse to do. Oh no, no. I would
0: would never Uh, fight against someone getting a a fair wage.
2: Right. And then the second point to that is then why are you not pushing to get paid more at your job? Why are you not questioning why you aren't getting paid more? Right, uh, right, because uh-huh. yeah. because that's
0: a uh, conversation with my brother and my dad that I always lose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, no,
0: actually, it's not true. I I fought for a raise, not this year, last year, and got it.
2: Okay,
0: not because nice. not because I was like, all right, I need more money, but it was like, yeah, uh, you know, I've been here like how many years, and I I feel like you know at least it's overdue something yeah Yeah. so i i I intend on fighting for it every other year to see how it works out yeah so this calendar year coming up i'm doing it again
2: (laughs) yeah i mean sorry to sort of derail the podcast and political but i've always been of the mindset of regardless of like education or experience level if you work a job you should still be able to live comfortably and not
0: have to um, struggle. So, are you guys familiar with Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So, he has a YouTube show now uh that he took he took off the networks and uh-huh. he does the same thing essentially. And his big goal is to get awareness and uh, you know, eyes on those Jobs that don't get a lot of pay and do this, you know, very dirty or terrible work, Mm -hmm. um, because he feels like the blue collar workforce has really lost its voice in in a lot of aspects. Yeah. And uh, I watched an interesting podcast about uh, between him and another guy from New Zealand who has a show called Tough as Nails. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it. And they talked about how there's such a loss on emphasis of trade work uh, in the modern age where, you know, someone who could be a carpenter who never had to go to college and never had to pay those insane fees right. uh, would, you know, learn on the job and learn on the trade. And you didn't have to have a piece of paper to back it up. You you did it through experience. You did it through work and uh, and you know they they do say integrity. Integrity's hard to prove, but like you know to a customer or whatnot. But like it mm-hmm. was, it's an interesting conversation of how society has moved away from. You know we've all moved towards this 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 idea that that I feel burned by is having a college degree when that wasn't necessarily. Even needed, and even in the line of work I do now, where I came out of school seventy five thousand dollars in debt. I'm still paying that debt, and (laughs) I was promised I was promised a fifty thousand dollar job a year salary, and I came out the door with thirty five, and and I was told to be happy with that, and I was like, okay, sure, but like. How am I gonna pay back these debts and then yeah i'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you know like oh I should have it forgiven, like you know a lot of people are saying, but I will say that my classmate and good friend uh who graduated from the same degree as me in the same year uh was part of uh there's a giant class action lawsuit against my college. For the lies and stuff they told me and him at the recruiting office. And he has had his full tuition and loans refunded to him. Even though he has started to pay off. So not only is his debt forgiven, but anything he has previously paid is being paid back to him. Under this class action lawsuit. Which I have applied for. uh, Which I'm not expecting to get. Uh, He has more resources for within me to fight something like that but um, I feel like I was tricked into this whole society of going to college when it wasn't
2: super needed for
0: what I wanted to do
2: I mean yeah So I would say that's just what's sort of happened is that that became sort of like the the lie Towards success, and that's not the case. Like, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who can. Well, I would say not plenty, but like, there's a lot of people out there who have and are finding success with non-traditional jobs, like being a streamer, being a YouTuber, things like that. Well, well, not only like TikTok and stuff like that, but like then there's also like trade jobs and stuff like that, where Mm -hmm. you can. Go through like a mentorship and then go straight into work and stuff like that. Um, and,
0: and I'm not saying that a college degree isn't needed in a lot of cases. I'm just saying that uh, it's too expensive. Well, yeah,
2: Way that's the expensive. thing too: is that it's escalated far beyond. I would say what's re- reasonable, like the the cost of living and the cost of uh, getting to that giving, living, getting education. <laughs> is beyond what is sustainable with like current jobs because a lot of like Mm -hmm. the fields that people are going to college degrees for require either a degree or experience and then they offer oftentimes non-paid internships well that doesn't exactly help when you're you know trying to get a job trying to build a career because entry level one four years
0: experience
2: right and yeah like that sort of seems very contradictory because i would think if you want someone to work for your company you would mentor them and pay them for that and work to build their knowledge base and their skill set so that they Will feel but how do you like make you a profit on that? Them. Right. I know. How do you make? I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, oh, like, boy. a lot of those like trade jobs, like uh, carpentry and plumbing, ele- electricians and things like that. Those those jobs have, from my understanding, definitely like gone by the wayside, and now is like people, Ew. well. We hit,
0: mm-hmm. we hit a lot of the, on that stuff in our business, uh, in our, mm-hmm. our small business. It doesn't go by the wayside. What ends up it being is that you have these smaller, more known companies that are local that are still mm-hmm. being used, but eventually they start dying out. And then that pool gets smaller and smaller, and then people just don't know where to go is mm-hmm. – is so it's not like they're being phased out people still recognize the need for them it's just like they it's hard for them to exist in general so yeah yeah yeah. um we've worked with a couple of people recently who are very good at the 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 electrician side my dad's actually uh electrical engineer so he can do Mm -hmm. some of it too so yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, I think we've about hit our topic today. Uh, I probably need to get the girls; they are probably dead asleep.
2: Uh, I mean, we we skimmed way past it because of me. I just like it's okay. Took took some stuff that was on my mind and ran with it. My bad, all guys.
1: <laughs> Thought you were in um, vacation mode, Ace, and so you got all political on us.
2: I mean, that is vacation. vacation, I'm still thinking about stuff like that. That is vacation
1: mode for him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean,
2: to be fair,
0: I don't feel like I act very differently from vacation mode to to, in life mode in general. So, mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about games regardless where (laughs) where I'm at. So, like, I get it. (laughs) Is
2: yeah, I mean. As long as you're working a job that doesn't expect you to uh, be thinking about work when you're not at work. Or to oh, you mean like my job? <laughs> or to, yeah. Or to train uh, for work, I would say you're going to be a pretty good, pretty good job. It's actually, I mean, depending on the degree of that, Sasha, I would say um, either leave or stay with your job.
1: Yeah. One of my... I...
2: Uh, that's why
0: she jobs. moved
2: jobs to begin
1: with, to yeah. this one. Yeah, it's it's more of like my personality. I can't I can't turn work brain off, and like sometimes I'm struck with inspiration on ways mm-hmm. I can problem solve, and I gotta write that shit down. And
2: well, like... see, in that case, then I would say that's different and more acceptable because it seems like you enjoy your your work and you care about your work, but. If your job is saying, like, you need to be uh, practicing your skill set at home and your, you know, your family members or your friends should be uh, sick of, of hearing about this thing, these things, it might be time to consider a new career path.
0: Because. I will say that uh, that is how my dad operates and he kind of expects us to always be on work brain as well because there will be random conversations about work on vacation like has happened and I I am just like yeah cool mm-hmm. uh, going swimming such... now
1: bye Your <laughs> yeah, that's, also a that's bit how my brother though. is yeah my brother yeah. will check me he's like we are not at work stop stop talking about it <laughs>
0: Mhm. Yeah. Now there, there, there wasn't any specific conversations to happen on this vacation because that's why my dad takes so many vacations so he can stop thinking about work. Yeah. Per, like that's his way that he can tell himself to stop. But like when we are like family game night, he'll be like, oh, okay, okay, champ, you got to do this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Um, your turn to roll the dice." <laughs> oh, while we're playing Catan or something like yeah yeah so all right well i'm gonna uh i'm gonna have to go myself here pretty soon so let's uh yeah. let's let's wrap this thing up yeah um, let's
2: not let me derail the show any more than i already have
0: uh so we delayed a week so after sasha it's me so i will be coming up with what we're doing this next weekend uh, I have, will have a lot of time because I don't have the kids this week. So I will come up with something hopefully early enough in the week so you guys can be prepared and or uh, knowledgeable about whatever I'm going to be doing. I don't know what it is yet. I'm uh, Not at home to figure it out. It's been weird being away from home because... Yeah, my, my uh, worry from being away from home has been... Not as bad as usual because of my ADT app thing because of the house security thing. But like I still feel like I have to take care of a bunch of stuff when I get home. (laughs) So we'll we'll see. Uh, But yeah, so I'll have the topic next week and uh, we'll go from there. So thanks everyone for listening. I can't say watching this time because we are not broadcasting this. No way. The internet was just. We almost considered didn't not doing tonight because it was so bad at first. But then, thank you for the hotspot idea. And I'm sure I'm going to get like, "Hey, did you use all the hotspot data?" Like,
2: yeah, I did.
1: Like, no, I don't. I don't know what happened at all. <laughs> it's weird. So, that's wild.
2: That's when you. That's when you hit him with the Mark Wahlberg from the happening. What? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out or, uh, check us at, uh, at Hunter sub pod on Twitter, uh, where you'll see all the, uh, latest updates of what's going on. Like if the show gets canceled, like last week, uh, and be sure to follow, uh, ace at Ace Badger gaming and join our discord so we can talk and have fun. You can see pictures of my kids on the beach, apparently, because that's the only thing I really shared. Uh, I, there are pictures of me. I do not take pictures of myself usually. So, that's why I didn't push any of myself.
2: <laughs> One of my so. favorite pictures I took over the trip, sending it to the planning chat. Okay.
0: I will take a look at it here soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's fun to be on the discord and talk about stuff mossy's been pretty good about keeping us up to date with what's in the news lately and gaming news uh i didn't read much of it because vacation so well we'll uh we have fun so uh thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week bye see you later